Hello there. Welcome to Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. I'm your host, Shelley F. Knight. I'm a former nurse and clinical hypnotherapist, term podcaster and author of Positive Changes, a self-kick book and Good Grief, the A to Z approach of modern day grief healing. In each episode, I aim to share my clinical, spiritual, and personal experience to help you feel inspired to create your own positive changes in life. Fear not, it's not just me. Each week, I will bring on a new guest and they will share their authentic story of positive change and the tools that they used on their journey. So if you're ready to be inspired, let's go. comes along and blows me away and that's very much the case for Nikki Duffel this week. Nikki doesn't really just have one story if we're honest, she has many stories that are entwined in a very short space of time. What this wonderful woman's been through is amazing and I absolutely love and adore her. And I know you you know this but I think grief changes so much and and I believe it lives within me and it feels very different now to how it did back then but I remember I remember for the first time you know how people talk about being heartbroken I remember feeling it physically for the very first time that depth of heartbreak I thought my heart was going to break in two it felt so deep so painful that I, I literally thought I was going to break I, I didn't know how I was going to survive This is an emotive episode as we're talking about death, loss and grief. So if you've been affected by grief and loss in your life, don't be afraid to reach out to someone. Thank you for listening. And now let's go meet Nikki and her story. show I am joined by the gorgeous Nikki Duffel. She's a registered nutritionist and maturation coach, executive coach, functional medicine, Reiki healer and if that's not enough, a specialist interest in grief. So hello there Nikki. Hey Shelley, thank you for having me today. Bless you, did I say that coach word right, maturation? Yeah, maturation coach. Yeah, it's quite different. There's not many of us in the UK. It looks at um, ontological inquiry, which again is another big word, but it looks um, at uh, how we are as human beings, the the kind of the process of being human and and where that takes us. And yeah, it's it's really quite fascinating. (laughs) Oh, bless you. Now, speaking of fascinating, you don't just have like one amazing story you have about four maybe even five (laughs) and you're the most smiley guest I've had in a long time so take us back and share how it all started this amazing story oh bless you I I mean I was I was thinking about how to kind of get this across today because you know so much happened in in such a short period of time and and you know 
I've got a bit of distance from it now. It's, you know, 14, over 14 years ago, but it started really in 2005. Um, and um, I was just about to get married. I was kind of in that pre-marriage, um, I don't know, excitement. Um, and um, we'd been living with my mother-in-law-to-be with, she with cancer she had ovarian cancer and a couple of weeks before we were due to get married um we were told that it was terminal um and so and so we were dealing with that as we got married um and not long after she died so yeah and oh it's hard to put into words you know losing somebody that you know um trying to support my husband through that but then just six months after she died my mum was diagnosed with cancer and so it just all really it is it's really quite difficult to find the words it all just kind of blew up I suppose all came up and um not long after that we found out that it was terminal in in the February 2007 I think um and um yeah six weeks later my mum died so that was just I mean it just blew my world apart losing my mum uh, you know uh, at a young age um and then <laughs> just a year later uh, my marriage broke down as well um, my husband left and my marriage broke down. So really during that time, everything that I knew, you know, my two really key relationships, my mother and my husband just, just fell away. And yeah, I, I definitely went into the real depth, the real darkness of grief through that time. Real, yeah, I was heartbroken. Yeah, and it's as you were saying, like when you wrote it on your application form, I was just like, wow, because there's like five stories in one and all within yeah. like two years. And it was just loss, yeah. loss, loss. And you know, you had the loss with the diagnosis, then the death, then the diagnosis, then the death, then the husband leaving. And it's just like you're not really dealt with one, and then you get the other. So it's like all these secondary yeah. losses coming through, bless you. Yeah, yeah. And it and it was it is, it's really hard to, to think back now because I think, and I know you, you know this, but I think grief changes so much and, and I believe it lives within me and it's, it feels very different now to how it did back then. But I remember, I remember for the first time, you know how people talk about being heartbroken. I remember feeling it physically for the very first time, that depth of heartbreak. I thought my heart was going to break in two. It felt so deep, so painful that I, I literally thought I was going to break. I, I didn't know how I was going to survive. Yeah. And that's so understandable. I think even like when you lose a key relationship like the one with your mother but then mm. you was living with yes your mother-in-law with you and then your husband as you say these are all like key relationships so yeah. you reached this point where there was just you left Nikki was it 
Yeah, my very foundations. I mean, I was lucky because I still had my sister. I had the support of my sister and my friends and, and my dad. So I did have people around me. Um, but I think grief can be quite lonely. You know, my sister and I um, often talk and our experiences, we both lost our, our mother, but our experiences are completely different of that time. You know, I think it's just so, grief is so unique to you that you, it's just a very personal process, but in that it can make it very lonely. Yeah, and it is so important what you just shared about uniques really, you know, the unique grief that we have. And I do say that mm. all as unique as our fingerprint, because how we grieve, mm. whilst your sisters, you know, you would still have had your own life experiences, your own coping mechanisms and things like that. So whilst you're brought up in the same environment, it's really interesting and important that people learn that just because you know if they're going through grief, you might not be grieving the same as your family, your partner, because we are all different and it's finding your own way through that grief. It really is. It really is. We are so different. We have all of our different coping mechanisms. And yeah, it is. It's, it's very different. Very, very different. So share with us, if it's okay, the tips and tools you use. How did you cope with? these yeah. multiple losses yeah I well first of all I would say um I was in survival I, I kind of want people to know that it's okay not to be okay through the grief you know that 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 for me it, it took time it took a lot of time you know when I'm working with people now with grief you know, even I was messaging somebody on Instagram the other day and and it's a year since they lost somebody significant. And I said, it's still early. A year is still early, early in that process of grief. So the first thing I would say is it doesn't need to look a certain way. <laughs> grief is messy. <laughs> it, you know, it doesn't you don't need to be all put together and it and it really really does take time so I kind of permission to grieve I think is really important um first of all and then and then for me it was about finding the right um help and support so um I tried a few things I think I think we can be so desperate to feel better and to feel okay, that you kind of want to try everything, or I did anyway, I just wanted to try everything. And that's what I mean about kind of being okay with not being okay. That's really hard, I think, in this society, because we all want to be better or, you know, um, but what I did is I just happened to find somebody. In fact, I started working with this wonderful um, teacher of mine, Shelley Bloom. Um, gosh, before before um, my mother-in-law, I think just as my mother-in-law had, had become ill, I started working with her then. And I could just continued working with her. And she she was my Reiki lady, as I like to call her. And I used to go and see her. And I tried a grief counsellor and that didn't work for me. So I think it's important to find somebody that you feel drawn to, that you connect with, that can support you, that you don't have to do it on your own. 
I think we can so many so often think that we need to do it on our own and and we don't so to find those support mechanisms and I think Shelley I don't know about you but we grief still isn't talked about death and grief still isn't talked about very much and you've got your wonderful book that's come out in the world um but even since this so my mum died 14 14 and a half years ago now I mean there was nothing I mean there was nothing on Instagram I love that you can go on to social media now and you can find support groups that you can find people talking about grief and I didn't have that when um, you know when my mum died so I think it's great that we're starting to have that conversation more and there's more places that that you can go yeah it's it's true I mean I've really open that my childhood we spoke really openly about death dying and things like that and then I did a career in nursing so it's always been kind of natural for me so it probably made sense I went and wrote a book about it and launched a death cafe here in Northampton yeah but it is because I don't have that awkwardness around it I'm all right sort of starting those conversations around I really hope like people like yourself myself when we've gone through so much grief that we can help others and it is as you said permission to grieve and that doesn't matter if your grief is short-lived that you know if it comes that death comes a sense of relief because you've been a carer for years or it was a bad relationship or if you're in it for the long haul because you don't feel okay it's that permission and self-care whatever grief feels like for you yeah and I love that and that just shows it's so different for all of us isn't it you know we never spoke about grief and one of the things I think if I had one regret was that um we didn't talk to my me my sister and my mum didn't sit down and talk about her we knew she was going to die but we were in such deep denial that we didn't talk about it we didn't talk about how scared we were you know and I think it's wonderful that you did talk about it. I mean, I talk to my children about it now because I've got that experience and they know about Nana, even though they've never met her before. Um, and, and the death cafes, you know, I think they're amazing um, that, you know, that they're out in the world as well. Yeah, and I didn't know about any of those things when I was going through it. Yeah, no, I didn't have it like when my beautiful stepdad died um, again around the sort of same time you was having lost around 2005, mm. he died and you didn't mm. have it. And I'm not just being an advocate because it's in my book, but I'm the same as you that grief counselling didn't work for me. I'm not a talking therapies kind of girl. And mm. people probably think I am Nikki because I don't generally stop talking very much. If I'm honest. <laughs> but I just, the reason it didn't work for me is because there wasn't that sacredness to it like I was at university here in Northampton my parents were down south in Essex and so I was just telling someone like you know all my kind of secrets my love my life lessons to someone who didn't know my stepdad and it just felt really cold to me yeah and I thought you know a bit like yourself like oh it needs to work because everyone goes to talking therapies And it's just like, if it's not for you, it's not for you. It's a very female thing. Like we tend to have instrumental grief in men and intuitive grief in women. And women are good at talking. But if that talking is like with you, with Shelley Bloom, the Reiki, or to me, my friends crying and snotting, 
if that's your yeah. way of talking therapy then find your own way isn't it I mean don't, yeah I don't want anyone to sort of you know whether it's from dictation of others or you know reading a book on grief and saying you know you have to have medication you have to have talking therapies don't stop at that first try just keep going no. and keep doing that permission to grieve I think that's really important like you say don't don't stop at your your first try you yeah. know I think you know, if I look back at that time, you know, there were times when, I mean, I, I didn't have anything really around me. I didn't have children, you know, at that point. And, you know, there were times that I didn't want to get out of bed. You know, I just didn't, I, I didn't want to face the world. It was, it felt so dark and so bleak. Um, and yeah, and, but there was always something that, kept me going there was always something that kept me going and 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 having that support um and I don't know why that even in that time I knew that the counseling wasn't working for me so even just having the courage to go actually you know no I don't want to continue because that can that can take courage in itself particularly when you're feeling that broken to kind of to step away from the thing that in your mind is telling you this should be working or you know that sometimes it just doesn't and it doesn't you don't need to make it mean anything about yourself you just need to find that right thing no matter what it was journaling was also really helpful for me during that period um I've actually still got all my journals um from that time and so it's interesting reading back over them, but journaling was a real, really big support during that time as well, just to get all of the noise in the mind. Cause I did feel like I was going crazy. I'll be honest. I did feel like I was going crazy during the depths of, of my grief. Um, and so getting all my thoughts out of me and onto paper really, really helped. You know, journaling comes up so often on the show, whatever anyone's yeah. been through, whether it's addiction, loss of confidence, relationship breakdowns, you know, career changes. And it's the same tool that comes up again and again and again. Yeah. It, and it's interesting because, yeah, when I was listening to some some of your podcasts, I could hear that. And um, I stepped away from it recently and I've been journaling less. I kind of write notes, but I've been journaling less. And, and that's what I find in my life. It kind of comes and goes, but it, it's all, it is always writing for me. is always there in some form or another. Even if I'm writing a post on Instagram or a blog for my website or my newsletter or journaling, it's, it's writing is, is very therapeutic for me. Writing is kind of something that really supports me and I suppose that's that's it isn't it it doesn't need to look a certain way some people pour their grief into art you know some people scribble on the page if they need to get you know the anger out or or that kind of despair out it doesn't need to look a certain way there's so many things that can be supportive I think yeah, no, I do. I think it is like the creative outlet I'm really passionate about. And it's one of the tools of sharing good grief, whether it's like flicking paint on a canvas, doodling, yeah. you know, even a child's colouring book, you know, all those creative things. But it is, I think, also the physical outlets, you know, sort of like rearranging furniture, doing a bit of sort of like DIY or doing yoga, going for a walk in yes. nature. 
and it is a movement sort of internally but externally as well yeah yoga was the other thing that got me through um I did I did yoga and Reiki with Shelley and yoga was uh, the other thing that really really supported me just kind of getting out of my mind and into my body that's a constant kind of um journey for me you know these thoughts that aren't really ours aren't really who we are but that can take over it's kind of constantly coming out of their mind and and into the body you know anything that helps me do that I just mentioned to you I've just been open water swimming you know when I do that everything just just goes um so yeah I love that because we do get stuck in our thoughts especially if we've got something coming up and we start to get anxious. We can, you know, even as a positive changes expert, you think the worst case scenario. And it is, it's, I love how you just like flip it because, you know, the mind and body is connected by more than just the neck, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it really, I think it really, really is. And, and the thing about our thoughts is that our mind is our survival mechanism. It's always looking for danger. You know, that's how we're built. And it does a really good job of that. But sometimes it's not, it doesn't help us. It doesn't support us. That doesn't, I'm not making it wrong, but just to become aware of those thoughts. Particularly, I think if you're going through grief or um, anything, if you're going through something, it's like it ramps up. But I think it's so ironic. I often, you know, when I'm tired or I'm feeling depleted, if I've had kind of, you know, if I've been busy, I always think it's ironic that when I need my mind to be the quietest, it's the loudest, it's, you know, it's ironic how it works that way, but of course it does, because it's survival, it's, it, you know, it's looking out for you. But I think the more we be- can become aware, and, and I'm really passionate about the body uh, as well, and, and if we can just get quiet, somehow get quiet, then, you know, then the I feel like the answers can come through. Well, there might not be an answer. Can we be okay with, you know, not knowing? But if we get quiet, we I think we come back to ourselves. Yeah. I love that. When I've been doing um, interviews recently, like not as a host, as a guest, um, people were saying like, you know, all the tools in Good Grief, your latest book, you know, but what's the one tool that you say people do today? And it is that 10 minutes a day out of 24 hours. I don't care how busy you are, you know, how yeah. bereft you are, 10 minutes sitting in silence. And I bet they think, really, you've written a whole book and that's, you know, your one thing. But it is getting okay in that silence because that is where the yeah. answers are. That is where your inner world are. And it's scary. And I've been, you know, if you're new to doing this 10 minutes of silence every day, it'll feel like two hours, I tell you. It, it really, <laughs> it really does. It really does. My relationship with like meditation and getting quiet has has been just that. It's been a relationship, it's been a journey. But now it's so integral that if I don't do it, if I don't get that 10 minutes, like you say yeah there's I feel disconnected from myself I feel really disconnected from myself and I think that's it it's just coming back to we do we look so much outside of ourselves but we do have it all within us and that's not to say um you don't need help or anything like that or support I think that's fundamental but 
um I think that connection to yourself just coming back to the the stillness is just so important yeah it kind of keeps me sane I think I wouldn't not want it in my daily practice so it's very important that I have a daily routine Mm. and that's not just when I've gone through grief it's just day to day and I do get up before the rest of the household the dog tries ah. to race me to that point but I do try and get up <laughs> and I don't want to get up you know when it's dark and 6 30 in the morning but I have to get up and do yoga on my own I like to do like a tarot card and I do like to sit you know what do I need to know about the day ahead and I just love it that yeah. 10 minutes because if I'm just you know even I've got like look down at my schedule and it's sort of like you know doing content here this there it's practical but I haven't got I don't know kind of like I'm not aligned with what I'm doing. Yeah. So I have to sort of tap into myself, you know, how am I feeling about the day ahead? What do I need to know? What do I need to change? And so 10 minutes to me is just a daily routine, no matter what I'm going through. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, I don't manage it all the time, <laughs> you know, but I notice the days when I do get up and I manage to get up before my, um, my children, which is always, um, a win if I do and <laughs> um, I just feel so much better I feel like I'm not I, I feel like I'm ahead of myself in a way you know um yeah I do I always feel much better when when I can do that and, and when I make the decision to do that yeah I mean yeah. Like, I did get up early this morning and I did, was tiptoeing like a ninja, but we have a dog <laughs> and uh, when I was trying to do my yoga she just kept patting me with a paw but then it brought me laughter. But I do. I well, think, that's it. Yeah, and it is just finding the joy. So I love doing yoga. And if the dog's slapping me, that's still a good thing. But it's just when I get other people's words coming in, like the conversation with the children, I'm thinking, hey, yeah. I'm not there yet. You know, some people can't get into the working day, can they? Until they've had coffee, but mine's just like silence. And it is. I mean, yeah. The thing is, like, you know, when we look at these tools for grief, you know, the talking therapies comes at a cost, medication comes at a cost and things like that. Yes. There's so many tools that are free, you know, like walking out in Mother Nature, sitting in silence in your house, you know, sort of doing yoga off of YouTube. You know, it's all free. It's great. Yeah. Start even if we've got nothing. I think that's a really good point. You know, the thing that that this journey over the last, you know, like I say, probably now, you know, 15, 16 years, my connection with nature has really changed through that time. I don't think, I think, well, I think I can be completely honest. It, it wasn't, I don't know. I was going to say it wasn't there when my mom died, but I, a memory's just popped into my head. And I remember um, taking myself off to the field near where, where, where I used to live and just sitting by a tree and just sobbing, you know? So I think maybe it was there, but I wasn't as conscious of it, but my, my relationship with nature has definitely changed and, and become more connected, noticing the seasons and how I feel, you know, in autumn compared to summer and, and, you know, really taking the time to transition, even now, just transition from, you know, late summer to autumn as we're in and how that makes you feel and how that makes your body feel without making it mean anything. You know, we always want to make it mean right or wrong. If we're feeling sad, we like to make it wrong and it isn't. That's the human experience to feel all of these things. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's when you know you're alive isn't it I think it's when you're feeling nothing and you're stuck in that numbness and the raw state yeah yeah that's the negative that's where you really need to get help I think you know if you just sort of go along and feeling really like sad or hyper then you're Mm. alive yeah that's it and I think what's just come to me um Shelley is you know the impact of the pandemic and and everything that we've experienced I mean we were talking about everything you've experienced through through this pandemic um and we can't underestimate the grief and the loss in that and how we've been feeling I noticed that go I love I love all of the seasons but I notice even just going into um the darker nights I feel a little more heavier than I would usually do because we've been through this pandemic because we haven't been out very much because we haven't been seeing people I feel a bit heavier right now with the darker nights and coming into autumn and so I'm just getting curious around okay that's okay how how is it gonna feel without the fear taking hold but how is it gonna feel going into winter still not having had um I don't want to use the word normal but still not having had a lot of time out being with people and now we're going into winter which is a bit about hibernation and going inwards and we've had a lot of inwards you know over the last 18 months yeah Yeah. and I love what you're saying like I think one of the opening lines in my latest book Good Grief the Age Said Approach of Modern Day Grief Healing is that grief isn't exclusive to death of a loved one grief by definition is the loss of anything with which we have an emotional connection and when I wrote it during lockdown I had no idea how poignant it would be about the whole world grieving it was just well I don't believe in coincidence it was beautiful synchronicity because actually in good grief because I think I sent the link to a friend and she goes, oh, that's lovely, but I've not lost anyone. And I was like, well, actually, <laughs> we all have, because it's whether you've lost a job, a relationship, finances, control, freedom, health, normality, sense of safety, plans when we couldn't travel. You're probably grieving and you're just thinking, oh, I just yeah. feel a bit run down or oh, a bit, bit of chest ache or oh, my skin's got a bit of a flare up. I think so many of us are grieving and it's not just about the death of our loved ones. So like you shared beautifully earlier, like your mum died but then your relationship died as well you know this is all grief but I don't think the world recognizes it you know the word I think they're looking for is bereavement which is you know the emotional experience of death of a loved one but grief is that emotional loss to something you know like your own self your own story it was like you know your mother-in-law your mum your husband at the time these were all things that you lost but very different ways yeah and that's it and 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 I lost myself as well I just I had no idea who I was during that time I really lost myself and that can be I think really destabilizing you know I I had no idea who I was where I was going you know yeah that's maybe proper theory because yeah I get that because you know like you're like the wife of someone or the daughter of someone but then the whole physical emotional social behavioral you know layers that we get with grief yeah 
you can lose sight of who you are yeah and I didn't know how to be I at that moment I didn't even know how to be a friend or even a sister to my sister because I was so in my own pain I and and so all of those identities yeah it just it all fell away and yeah and and you know I don't I no longer believe in the phrase everything happens for a reason I I I no longer believe in that phrase I think because um I think we want to find meaning and reason to make us feel better um that's not to say I don't believe in things coming out of it because I wouldn't be here sitting here who I am today my business wouldn't be the biz the work I do that I love so very much you know now that I work with people in grief in going through difficult life transitions divorce you know that has given given me this this world that I love you know and I have I have a husband now I have two children beautiful children and that's what just where my path and my journey has has taken me See, I must admit, I do love the expression. Things oh, happen for you? a reason. Yeah, because I, yeah, yeah, I have to. I do believe in synchronicity. I do. Yeah, like, I don't think it's yeah. coincidence. Like, what's a coincidence? I've got that person there. They are. I think synchronicity. Yeah. Like how my yeah. um second book came about. It's spooky. The synchronicities that led to it, it and it would yeah. just flowed. But yeah, I do still like the expression. Things happen for you a reason. Do. Yeah, but yeah. I think kind of retrospectively, like when I look back. I was like, oh, mm. yeah, that's why yeah, it happened. I, yeah, yeah, and 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 I think um, I think my relationship has changed with the expression. I think, you know, I think that's what it is. You know, I think I desperately, I desperately wanted to find a reason because, because how could something so awful happen? How could something so awful happen? And, and now it's more that. I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't be doing the work that I am today without it. But it still doesn't take away that something awful did happen. Yeah. You know, that was something, yeah, awful and heartbreaking. Um, that that did happen. Yeah. Yeah. It took me back to um Victor Frankl who I often quote it was actually part of our nursing degree when we did palliative medicine and Victor Frankl says something along the lines of we don't suffer from suffering alone we only suffer when we don't you know have a meaning you know why are we going through yeah. this kind of thing and I know yeah. we all know that the five stages of grief by Cooper yes. Ross yes David Kessler added a sixth and he's he did put, he did. and he put in meaning and so yes I think, you know, for, for me, as we said earlier, though, absolutely, like, trust yourself and find your own way. But for me, I draw comfort finding a reason of why things happen. Like my health the yeah. last year, talking of grief and the loss of health. For me, I kept saying, like, why is this happening for me? What's the lesson in this? And yeah. I, I didn't get the answer straight away. And when it came, I was like, oh, yeah. OK. But that's what works for me, you know, finding yeah. that reason, finding that meaning. But absolutely yeah. find your own way that's it and I love what David Kessler says around that that kind of sixth piece around the meaning because he talks about the time 
it doesn't necessarily happen at the time it can take time before you find that meaning and and it you know what I've been through has definitely given meaning in my life in in a completely different way you know I never thought I'd be sitting here you know a talking about grief and be working with people with grief you know um and I think it's something you use these words earlier I can't re remember when we were talking but um about the sacredness of it yeah. And I feel like grief is something that's so sacred. And if people, if I'm lucky enough for people to invite me in to help support them when they're going through something like that, it, it's just, it really is just such an honour, such an honour. Yeah, no, I was speaking about why talking therapies didn't work for me because I had so many sacred stories yes. that yes. when I was given this on-site grief counsellor when I was a student nurse, um, a newly qualified nurse as well um, when they'd put me in contact with them it just didn't resonate with me you know I do work quite a lot with a little bit of humor works well with me do you know what I mean yeah yeah, and this yeah. Was, you know and there was this sort of stoic serious person just sitting there like <laughs> telling me and I was just like my dad was like my beautiful stepdad Badger was just the most humorous and gentle man Aww. and you know a, it yeah it was just too not clinical but just too serious for me but then yeah. it might work for someone else but for me I was just sort of like you're not my kind of person and I think that's yeah. the thing like you know maybe yeah this is probably help someone out there say like so talking therapies wasn't for me because I didn't want to share stories to a stranger but maybe they weren't my person maybe I should have gone and asked for someone else like someone mm. younger or maybe a male you know so maybe if yeah therapy doesn't work for you rather than try another therapy maybe try another therapist but as yeah. we're saying isn't it just keep trying and I know it's hard I mean getting out of bed can feel like the most courageous act can't it remote in grief yeah but just keep going till you find the answers I think yeah just yeah just keep going until you you find that person you know I I owe a lot to Shelley she she was fundamental in my healing journey through through grief um and yeah it, like I said earlier it doesn't need to look a certain way it can be just trust yourself I think you you know you talk beautifully about synchronicity you know it's funny how sometimes people just pop into your world that you just oh they've popped into my world for a reason and it might be through listening to a podcast another teacher of mine came in through I listened to a podcast and, and she was on there and then I then I've been working with her for for a number of years and we have so many things ways of things coming into our lives now and so you know just trusting that just trusting that and and I think I think yeah I think these people pop into our lives they can do yeah I, do, I think that's why I get so feisty and passionate like in podcast writing social media any way I can it's just because my thing is like just try something new every day you know whether it's just like having yeah. a different breakfast moving around part of the home going out for a walk because if you're just sitting at home in your grief and I know it's comforting and I know sometimes that's the best you can do 
but I don't believe those synchronicities come in because you're just not shifting that energy or that daily routine or that mindset you know yeah and you know just a little shift like you know just pop into the shop or something yeah the biggest impact yeah and it and it's I love what you said even just trying a new breakfast (laughs) because you know particularly when we're going through something so difficult you know like I said those survival mechanisms just kick in and, and you know you do I mean for me I just wanted to curl up in a ball and you know I couldn't respond to messages all of those sorts of things but then but then like you say even just trying something new to eat can just fire up something different in the body that just changes things you know and just taking really good care of yourself and being really compassionate you know we can be so hard on ourselves so bringing in that real compassion that you're going through a hard time or even if you're not even if you're listening to this and and you're just having a day where you know you're not feeling on top of the world that's okay just real compassion for wherever you are I talk about I, compassion my journey again with compassion is is ongoing you know there's days that I'm really hard on myself but the days when I can just be really compassionate towards myself are really helpful I love this we've named so many different tools from sort of like Reiki and journaling <laughs> and writing compassion yeah. and self-care so many yeah if there's one positive change you could recommend for people to start with today because we're saying like try one new thing a day what one would you choose Hmm. I'm pondering because there are those few that we talked about in my mind so I'm going to go with journaling and I tell you why I'm going to go for journaling because um it was the one thing through my deepest darkest grief that was there constantly for me I journaled all the time when I was having all of my crazy thoughts. Um, I just got them out on paper, you know. I'd say that journaling doesn't, shouldn't be neat and tidy and beautiful. For me, it was, it was literally getting all of the craziness out of my head and onto paper to help me try and, and process everything that I was feeling during that time, you know, the time of diagnosis of fear and then of just utter kind of confusion you know around my marriage breakdown all of those sorts of things just to get it out on paper I think that's brilliant I used to so I'm not I'm a little bit guilty of not journaling at the moment um but if you're sitting there and you don't know what to write my tip would be write down I don't know what to write (laughs) Yeah, it is yeah. like anything in grief or the difficult days you might be going through is like just start and so I say like yeah. you know, if you're with someone that's grieving you don't know what to say tell them I'm sorry I don't know what to say same thing if you're journaling and don't know what to write right I don't yeah. know what to write or just doodle I draw yeah. sort of like that random rabbits and stars and moons yeah you know, and it's just a trigger to help you yeah yeah, yeah. that's it that's it I just and and what's interesting so I still got all my journals I keep wondering whether to um at the end of last year I was like oh I'm gonna burn them and and kind of have a 
I don't know, a ceremony and just just kind of burn them all. And I decided not to, I decided to keep them. And, and, and I don't look at them often these days, but I think, you know, sometimes when I do, I see how far I've come as well. And it's not that you have to be better or get anywhere, but there's just some comfort that, you know, I did get through it. I did get through it. It was a, a, an extraordinarily difficult, challenging time, but I got through it. And I'm here to tell the tale, you know? Yeah. Now you didn't just get through with one it, there was like four <laughs> to five it's as well. Yeah. And like, you know, we have so many people apply to be on the show and I must turn away like eight people a week. Oh, wow. And then we get a form like yours. Oh. I think I know I'm doing the right thing because when I got your Bless form, you. I was just like, oh my goddess, just amazing you know oh Shelley that's made me all teary now <laughs> yeah it's just thank you I'm I'm so grateful to to be here and to tell the story you know it's it's it really is an honor thank you oh no I'm <laughs> like honored to have you here because you know just one story of loss is enough in life but you just had it and in such a small time frame yeah yeah so. you know the funny thing is I didn't say this but during that time um I was actually studying to be a nutritional therapist so I had a full-time job and I was studying to be a nutritional therapist and um I took my exams for my third year of study four weeks after my mum died um and I passed and I have I still have no idea. It's funny how that survival mechanism does kick in, but maybe that was the thing that just kept me going. You know what you were saying about keeping you going. I think that was probably the thing at the time. I was determined to finish my studies um, and that probably did keep me going through that time. Yeah, and I love that because it takes me back to when I worked with like the dying patients that they used to say like, you know, when they look back on their life they always used to say like connect to something bigger than yourself I always find something to believe in and that could be yourself yes. it might be god and energy volunteering you know a course a job yes. you know always find and so yeah it's a bit like journaling <laughs> but it's one of those things that comes up you know just connect to something like within yeah. you external to you like the universe you know a course and just find something to believe in that thing that makes you put one foot on the floor in the morning when you're trying to get out of bed and having that self-doubt yeah. in. I love I'm so glad you brought that in Shelley at the end because the word that comes to me is faith and there was something for me that I didn't ever lose my faith you know and I don't I can't tell you why I can't tell you why, because like I said, there were some really dark times. I mean, rock bottom, I, I definitely hit rock bottom. It was dark, but there was always, there was something, even if it was like the pilot, like there was something, there was some faith there. Even when my marriage broke down, I didn't lose my belief in love. <laughs> I might sound a bit cheesy, but I, I didn't, I didn't there was some something deeper um 
And I don't know what that was, but it, it was there. It was within me. I love that you've brought that in because I think that's really important. Yeah. I can't explain it, but it was there. I absolutely love that. And I was going to say, like, is there a name for it? But obviously there's not. But like that inner knowing, like the clear cognizance, where you just have a yeah. really strong knowing. Because so many people, if they'd have had like a relationship breakdown, they then take that bitterness and carry it forward, but expect a different outcome. Yeah. You know, and they're sort of yeah. like, well, he did this, he did that. But you had that knowing, that faith, that belief, connection with yourself yeah. that the best yeah. is yet to come. I think it. I think it was faith. I think for me, it was faith. Um, and yeah, I'm, and don't get me wrong, I got angry. I, you know, I did get angry uh, about it, and I did feel all of those sorts of things. But it, yeah, I never, I never lost that belief, that faith in in life, and that's that comes back to I think the work that I do is it's all about kind of I'm just curious about this crazy life that we're in and I mean the pandemic has is kind of shown us that we just we just don't know I'm we just don't know what's going to happen and and that I have a deep curiosity about that you know it's mm, what's it te- like you, you were saying what's it teaching us what what is this all about? <laughs> I don't know the answers, but my curiosity is there and my curiosity will continue. Curiosity has been one of my favourite words this year. And I must say, as you were speaking, like my husband will say, like, my God, if he's a cat, he'd be dead, Shelley. So I'm just always curious. What if kind of thing? But in a curious way, not in like, yeah. what if we've done this? You know, looking back on yes. the past, mine's like, what if I try this? And I love that yes. curiosity. And I used to for like many years. I mean, I'm 47 now, but I used to always fear the unknown, want to control and stuff like that. Since yeah. the pandemic... Well, probably since the age of 40, actually, when I had a horrific pregnancy. Um, I think that was a huge turning point in my life. But I think the pandemic, I thought, oh, well, I didn't see it coming. Doesn't matter if I'm like Mystic Meg, psychic or whatever. I didn't see the pandemic coming. And so I've just kind of resigned again, like that permission to grieve. I think I've surrendered to life and just thought, let's just get that faith that, you know, the best is yet to come. There's meaning, you know. Yeah. And that we just don't know, and we just don't know, and yeah, and we can come through it. We can come through it, and yeah, yeah. There are no words sometimes, are there? <laughs> yeah, there's no words. I think sometimes to even try and describe it. But um, yeah, just it's just crazy. And I think when we can release a little bit of control, the grip, the tightness um the fear I think then maybe we can kind of welcome something in bless you I could speak to you all day I could <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just we could just put the world to rights and help the world I'm sure um but you can oh, help yes, others because bless you you've got an amazing freebie with all your work that you offer so tell the listener what you're offering yeah so um i remember two things um shelly so if you sign up to my newsletter on uh, my website you get a free um body meditation so a bit like i was talking about earlier i'm really p- passionate about our connection to our body so this is a meditation that will really help you to 
drop into your body, to breathe into your body, to see where your body is and what it might be telling you. So, so you can you can do that. I also um, I also run free sessions every month called Moments of Stillness. Again, what we were talking about earlier. They're free sessions. They're just for an hour. The dates differ. They're, they're all on my my website. But really, there were two intentions. I, I set this. I set moments of stillness up this year, and there were two intentions. The first was um, just to bring people together when we weren't able to connect. I wanted to bring people together, so that was the first intention for me, as well as the people that were coming. You know, I wanted to really connect um, with people. And then the second intention was to get away from all the noise because I feel like everything has been so noisy this year, really, really noisy. And so as it suggests, moments of stillness was just to kind of step away from the noise, the noise of the mind, the no external noise, and just to come to a moment of stillness. So there are free sessions that I run every month. Um, and if you look on my website, they're there and you can just sign up to my newsletter and then you'll get all of the details. And I also want to say that I know there is a lot of noise and you can sign up and unsubscribe. It doesn't matter. You know, we get so many emails and things, but just come along when it feels right for you if you want to come along. Bless you. So your website is nikkiforlife.com and that's Nikki with a Y, so yes. N-I-C-K-Y for life.com. And I love that because not only have you shared the tools about five moments of stillness, it's free. So there you go. They've got no excuse. It's free. <laughs> There's no, no excuse. that's it. That's it. <laughs> I always want to, I want to reach as, just as many people as possible. And, you know, <sighs> yeah it I just want to support as many people as possible so that's why I do um the free things as well Nikki Duffel I love you from your application form but you've made oh, me cry today and everything in a nice way I just think you're the most beautiful soul and speaking of synchronicity I'm just so glad we met I truly am so thank you for joining me on the oh. show I'm so grateful. Thank you, Shelley. And I can't wait to grab a copy of your book as well. Thank you so much for having me. My absolute honour. Thank you ever so much. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from shellyfknight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelley F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing. <laughs>